theyeshiva.net. Okay, welcome back, Bruchim Aboyim. So, uh, this week we're still going to continue this Maimir Bezer Hashem. And then, after that, we're going to go to Rosh Hashanah, or Tishrei Rosh Hashanah Maimir. Glineder. Today's shir is dedicated by Baruch Yosef Markov in honor and in the merit of Fredel Basara and Aaron Halevi Ben Sara. May Hashem bless them with a refuah shleima, complete and speedy recovery, with many, many more good, long, happy, healthy years filled with joy and nachas and health and prosperity. Class is also dedicated by Ryan Newby in the merit of all those who are wandering in darkness, that they too can find meaning and direction in the wisdom of the sages. Amen. That's a beautiful blessing, including myself. Everybody thanks you, Ryan. And also dedicated to our friend, Reb Adin Ben Sarah, for a complete and speedy recovery. Rafur Shleimer, he's with us online. Reb Adin hasn't been here for a while, huh? Everybody says at about him that they miss you. I also miss you. We hope to see you back very soon. You should have a refuah kreva, a refuah shleima, and a richus yamim rishanim tevis. We're Pedek Chav Beis, Pedek Chav Beis, page Reishmem Dalit, chapter 22, Reishmem Dalit. Let me just summarize one point, one major point, two major points that we have been exploring. The first one was delving in to the nature of unity, which includes diversity and differentiation, which some people could think is conflict. It could be, it could be conflict. It could be seen as conflict. But really, he says, it's a deeper form of unity. And in its source, he says it's the two names of Havaya and Elikim, Yudke Vavke and Elikim. Elikim is plural. It represents the diversity of creation, the Koyach Hapoyal Benifel, the divine energy that sustains the individuated characteristics of every created being on all levels, in the physical world, in the spiritual worlds, within the physical world itself, all of the different species and categories, and really every creature that has its own unique chemistry, and DNA. But that itself comes from Yudke Vavke. B'reish is bara elikim, Meshashamayim Vesaretz. B'reish is bara elikim. The Bria, the whole creation, the name elikim is used. Because the Bria happens through Shem elikim, through the name elikim, and that's why it's individuated. Ba'asara, ma'amaris, nivra There's ten different utterances, ten different statements through which creation happened. When you say ten, those ten are the sources. But from those ten, as we know, came literally endless diversity. <clears throat> At least endless in our vocabulary. Because those Asarim Amaris are the 22 letters of Aleph Beis. And you have the Tzirufim, the configurations of letters, which create all of the differences between one created being and another created being. But the source from that is Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke is the name of Achtos. Hashem, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu. And Hashem Echad. And what does that mean? 
It doesn't mean that Yudke Vavke, everything is one. And in Elikim, suddenly, everything is different. And the two names have no connection. We say, Hashem Hu Elikim. The way we define it, we call it Hashem and we call it Elikim. Because a name, by definition, is the way we perceive it, we define it. So we call it Hashem, we call it Elikim. In its Shodesh, it's Hashem Hu Elikim, it's one. In other words, it's not really two names. We give it two names because that's how... Our vocabulary is limited, so we give it two names because it's two. It can, it's it's perceived as two experiences, but really Hashem And what does that mean practically? It means he said that in the source of oneness, you have all of the diversity as well, because undefined, the undefined reality of Ain Saif of infinity is not defined by it being undefined. That's also a definition. It's not defined by being unlimited. That's also a definition. There's a famous sefer in Kabbalah, it's called Avedis HaKadosh. It was written by a Jew, Rebmei ben Gabbai. In the, in the 1400s, he was from Spain. So he writes, he has an expression there. Ain't soif, keshem sheyesh lekoyach bebligvul, kach esh lekoyach begvul. Sheim ata oimer, shekoyach bebligvul, veloi begvul, atamachas esh lemusa. In other words, as much as you talk, say Hashem is infinite, unlimited, if it's only unlimited, that's a very big limitation. So unlimitedness includes also the ability to be limited, or in other words, the ability to be defined. But over there, it's not a contradiction. All the diversity is part of the oneness, because it comes from a place that's deeper than definition. So the undefined and the defined completely become one. The way it trickles down into a defined creation is Shema Vaya and Shema Likim. Shema Vaya represents the Achtus and the Briya, within the differentiation, and Shem Alekim represents the diversity of the Bria. And that's the only real type of unity, because it's a unity that includes all of the aspects of creation. It's not a unity that that has to reject or repress or deny. And in every person it's that way. The, the way the, the, the explanation is not just an abstract explanation in, in our skull and philosophy, spiritual philosophy. It's a very practical idea, because in every relationship it means that the differences between people are not what threaten the relationship. That's actually what can create the real, the authenticity of the relationship. In very practical words, say, for example, in a friendship, or in any relationship, in a business relationship, the most obvious is obviously in an intimate relationship, for example, marriage. So there's no question that, generally speaking, each spouse has a different personality, right? That's how God made the world. People are different, even from the same gender, certainly from different genders, different natures, there's different natures and genders, but also every individual, every man, every woman, they have their own, their own authentic identity, And sometimes there's this frustration, you know. Can you be like me? Can you just see it my way? Can you think like me? Can you, can you <laughs> operate like me, function like me, right? But everybody knows that's a chalam. That's not going to be materialized so fast. Very good. <laughs> you hear two partners who always agree with each other. One is useless. <laughs> So for some people it could be a source of tremendous suffering or, or at least contention or discord. And we know that's how it is. It's called machloikas. The opposite of shalom, the opposite of peace. 
what we're introducing here is, though, a deeper perspective. And that is, it's not just be nice and be tolerant. That's also a good idea. It's not just compromise, make pshares. That's also a very good idea. But it's much deeper than that. That's all just be a gentleman, be nice, compromise, put a zipper on your lips. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, sometimes that's good advice. Maybe not always, but sometimes it's good advice. Yeah. Wise person knows how to be quiet. You don't always have to say what you think. But there's something much, much deeper and something that, that's missing in the conversation. And that's why it's missing the tikkun, it's missing the healing. And that is, it's precisely through our disagreements that we can actually connect. Because it's our disagreements that allow every one of us to truly create space and appreciate and learn about the other. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the idea. That Hishalkos becomes a source of Achtos. Hashem Hu Elikim. It's not just Elikim is some random mistake. Hashem Hu Elikim. You have to be able to see the differentiation and the diversity with different glasses from a different perspective. Now that takes work and it's, it's vulnerable. For example, in a relationship between two people, what would that look like? It would look like if, if we never, uh, I don't want to use the word fight, but let's use the word fight. If we never get into a fight, I'm just using a blunt word, but you understand the point. It helps people understand it better. If we never get into a fight, we never connect. Because it means one of two things. It means that that part, we're both gentlemen, so we don't go there. So that part never connects. <laughs> we only talk about the 30%, the 20%, the 10%, the 40 about what we agree on. What about the other 50%? I'm not married to you over there. And you see that sometimes. Very civil people. But half of them is not married to each other. Because if they do get married in that part, it's going to be a third world war. Nobody wants third world war. We already had two world wars. Right? We don't need another Russia and Ukraine Matsev in our house. Zelensky and Putin. I'm not going to say who's Putin and who's Zelensky. That you'll ask your mother-in-law to make uh, the, the, the Psakdin. Slava Ukraina. <laughs> so sometimes people do that. It, so yeah, you see it probably in your office. People come in, they're very nice. But half of them are not married to each other. They can't be. So you say, we get along very well. Yeah, the part of me and the part of you that get along is not who I am, it's not who you are. So it's fine. People do it. And you know what? It's sometimes, it's better than uh, outright conflict and combat and screaming, at least on some, some level. But on another level, it's also poisonous. It's also uh, tragic because there's a very deep disconnect. There's a very deep... Then you have the other extreme. The other extreme is... All of us are married to each other, and there's fireworks. <laughs> I'm in, and you're in all the way, and there's constant fireworks and explosions in one form or in another form. That's another form. Another way is, and it's just an extension of this is, people start forgetting about certain parts of themselves. I was once in Shabbaton in Florida. There was a couple celebrating there. I think it was their 60th anniversary. 
So I asked him, how, uh, you know, 60 years, and you're both smiling. So he tells me in front of his wife, he says, yeah, I was half blind and half deaf for 60 years. So 50% of things I didn't see, and the other 50% of things I didn't hear. I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. So I turned to, you know, this is great. I turned to her and I say, and what's your secret? She says, I was completely blind and completely deaf. <laughs> I said, ah, jetzt verstehe ich. I told him I won't start up with your wife. <laughs> she said, I wasn't partially blind and deaf. It was absolutely, completely. I saw nothing, I heard nothing. It, it, it was humor, but there's a message over there. In other words, if I turn off my ability to see, my ability to hear, so whether it looks like I'm a gentleman or sometimes it's repressed. Yeah, I told you once, it's a t-shirt. I'm easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. So there could be deep unity, but it's by definition not deep. And that's the idea that real achdos needs to include his chalkos. It needs to permeate. It needs to penetrate our differences. Because it's now, it's now there's, there's a third perspective. And what is it? There could be peace because we're not really connecting. All of us are not connecting. There could be war because we're trying to connect. And then there's a third element. And that's what we're talking about. We say every morning. The 13th method of learning. The Yud Gimel. The 13th method. The Rabbi Shmuel Oimer. The Shalosh says that the 13 Animamins. The 13 Shloshes Remidus. The 13 principles of faith. Yud Gimel Ikrei Amunah. From the Rambam. The 13 Animamins correspond to the Shloshes Remidus. In Zoyar it says that it corresponds to the Yud Gimel Midas Arachimah. The 13 attributes of compassion. Kalvachaymeg, Zedeshavah, Binyanav, each one. In Noyem Elimelech I once saw, the Noyem Elimelech says, Rabbi Shmol Oimer, Bishloish Esrei Midas HaToyre Nidrashas. The only way you can expound Toyre is if you cultivate it, all the 13 Midas inside of you. Bishloish Esrei Midas Somebody who cultivated the Yudgimu Midasarachamim in their own life. Oh, Now you can explain Taira. Now you can understand Taira. Each one is a Midah. It's not Stam, an intellectual way of interpreting Taira. So what's the 13th, the last one? Shneik Suvam Akishim Zaza. Tupsukim that collide. They deny each other. Shikayach. So what do you need it for? Hashem could have written the Torah, there shouldn't be two psukim that, that, that collide with each other. You don't need a kosov ha-shlishim. And I don't need a mediator. <laughs> don't fight and don't bring in somebody else. The answer is, if there's no shneks of ha-kishim, you're missing something fundamental. They're not really connecting. Because each kosov is bringing out a certain truth in its full glory, in its full beauty. But the other pasuk brings out an opposite truth in its full glory. So they're makrizaza. So if you don't have that, you're missing something very real. Now you need a kosov hashlishi v'achriya that should say, you know what? The two can actually work together. 
But that needs HaKasav HaShlishi, that's transcendence. That's a third component. That's the Chibur, Hashem Hu Elikim. Shechina Shreya B'neim, Ish V'isha Zachu, Shechina Shreya B'neim. Practically, again, what does this mean? It means that in the places where we're different, that's where we need to, and that's where we can really, really connect. That's where you connect to me, and I connect to you. Because that's what makes you, you, and what makes me, me. The part that makes me, you, and you, me, that's not a chiddush to connect. You understand? It's the part that makes me, me. Where I am lonely. Where I am alone. Where I am I. Like the Kotzke Rebbe said, right? I am I, and you are you. The Gans, the Gans of Mahalach. Ah, a big benich while du bist du and du bist du while ich benich benich nicht ich und du bist nicht du. A big benich while ich benich und du bist du while du bist du benich ich und du bist du. Works better in Yiddish. But I think Dr. Tversky wrote a book. No, if I am I because you are you, you are you because I am I. I am not I. You are not you. If I am I because I am I, you are you because you are you. I am I and you are you. Now we can begin to schmooze. But what does this really mean? What it really means is, are you connecting to me? To me, to my isolation, to my individual. Vayivaser Yaakov levadoi, v'nizgav Hashem levadoi, the levadoi. Loy toiv heyosa adam levadoi eseloy ezekinegdoi. Can your wife take you out from your place of levadoi? Can you take her out of her place of levadoi? Oh, after that, after no levadoi, who's your levadoi? The part, the 20% that we agree on, that we should go out, we should go away for Pesach. If you can agree on that, it's echt good. <laughs> or you should go winter to Miami, Gesundheit. Right? right? That's not my levadoi. My levadoi is where I'm alone. <laughs> I'm levadoi, and you're alone. And over there we're going to disagree. <laughs> That's why I'm levadoi. Oh, if, if I can create space for that, and you can create space for that, with respect, and then even grow from the experience, that's where unity happens. That's where you're taken out of your loneliness, your typhus. So people avoid, somebody wants to I avoid conflict like the plague. It sounds beautiful, but it can also be very misleading. Avoiding conflict like the plague doesn't mean there's real unity. It just means I become blind and I become deaf. You pick up your hands and you say, gay handle me there. You know that feeling? Gay handle, gay, gay. Gay handle me there. Oh, such achtos, I'm chaya. You're frustrated, you're angry, you're cut off. You amputated a part of yourself or a part of the other self. That's the, that's the Havana here. Just to bring it down in a very practical way. The Hashem Hu Elikim. That the shoydish of ischalkos is also an Hashem. It's not like your loneliness is evil, your differences are bad, but this is very. It's a very vulnerable process, for two reasons. First of all, to expose your levadoi is very scary. It's easy to talk to you about things that everybody that you agree with. That's not the big deal, right? To expose Levada, it's, it's scary. I have to be able to be comfortable with it. That's number one. And number two, I don't know what the response is going to be. So it can also, it can be even scarier. You know, once that comes out, 
you know, are you going to look at me and say you're a monster? I'm out. Or are you going to go like this? <laughs> like, yeosh, the spear. Or are you going to be able to embrace it and make space for it? Bistoifus, this is, this is the important stuff. Very important. It's a very scary place. That's why we don't want to go there. Huh? Right. Synergy, right. Synergy. Yeah. So if we're just talking an Indian, you know, even politics, you see what happened in America from people having different opinions. Look what happened in the United States. Right? How many families, people, uh, I get emails, my sister stopped speaking to me after she learned that I voted for Pliny Almighty. You voted for somebody, I can't talk to you anymore. Why? Because you're a criminal, you're a mishugana, you're a terrorist, you're a ritzayach, and you're a psychopath too. Because you voted for Pliny Almighty. But you can understand, people disagree about different things. Different. When it comes to a personal relationship, over there it's much more vulnerable. I'm not disagreeing about an inyin, a sugya, a question in halacha, how to taicha gemara, how to taicha toisvus. Right? It's, it's, it's me. It's levadoi. That's vulnerable. It's, 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 it's naked. We learned Shabbos, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, You're not let to see a king when he's without clothes. Why? It's a very vulnerable state. <laughs> he's not the same melech anymore. It says the melech, a king, you're not supposed to see him in the base merchants, in the mikveh, in the bathing out, when he takes a shower without clothes. Not, not because the melech doesn't take off his clothes. Everybody knows a melech gate in Beis like everybody else. But over there, you're not a melech anymore. You know, you're one of, you're one of the boys. <laughs> you know, in the Schwitz, everybody is one of the... So the, and the melech has to be a melech. He has to remain a melech. There's a certain element of malchus. When I strip from my garments, I'm not a melech anymore. I'm vulnerable. It's, it's vulnerable to be vulnerable. That was brilliant, No? It's very vulnerable. It's scary. First of all, I have to be able to, to, to know it in myself and I have to be ready for your reaction. I don't know what your reaction is going to be. It's risky. It's taking risks. But over there, that's where achtos happens. That's where unity happens. A unity that includes the differences. It doesn't deny them and includes them. On the contrary, it's created from them. That's Hashem, Hu Elikim, the way it's translated in the Avoida and daily life of a person. And to explain and to explain this more in its source, how the two really are one, even though they come out in two opposite siurim, because really they're one, because in the Shairish, in the Shairish, in the source in Hashem, the infinite and the finite, or the unity and the diversity are really one because paradoxes are not paradoxes over there because true infinity can include paradoxes and they're both one. The way they come out in a world is as paradox and that's Shnei Ksuvah Makishim Zezeh. So if you wouldn't have Shnei Ksuvah Makishim Zezeh, you're not going to help. You're not going to help the situation. You're missing something fundamental. You're missing two extremes. Yeah, you're missing one of them. So you need the Shnekzomakhishimzaza. In simple terms, you need the conflict. <laughs> you need the Makhishimzaza. That's what allows the two psukim to really connect. But 
Only if you have the cost of Ashlishi. If not, the fireworks. So the 13th principle is a very deep midah. It's not just a principle. This is a midah in life. Of today, when you say to Bishma Leimer, how am I going to approach conflict today? Now, I have to just identify how hard it is. Because if you expose your levada, <laughs> often what I'm feeling is that it's threatening me. It's threatening me. And because it's threatening me, or it means that you don't like me, and you're so different than me, and you don't have a place for me, so what do I do? Either I run away, or I attack. They call it, right, fight or flight. What is that? What is that? Either I attack. So what do you do when I attack? Either you run away. <laughs> so there's no levade anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Shalom bias. Or you attack. And this sometimes can go on for 50 years. In different ways, but that's the Nakuda. Or you freeze, which is another form of, I don't know, I don't feel, I don't know. So everybody stays more alone. So we have to understand that. And, and that's a normal feeling. These are normal feelings. These are normal experiences. But when you can tune into that place of self-trust, real self-trust, because your authenticity comes from, not, it's not a mistake, your authenticity, your individuality is not a mistake. It's rooted in the divine source. So then your connection and your oneness, your authenticity and your connection merge. And to explain more how those two are one, he started to say when you study Yudke Vavke, you see that there's a process of creation. There's the Yud and there's the He and there's the Vav and there's the He. And the main point that he said was Yud represents Tzimtzum. Because the Mashpia, the giver, before giving, you first have to be able to suspend all the information that's in your head and only leave that Nikuda, that seminal point that's going to be susceptible to the Makabal, to the recipient. And then from the Yud, there could be a hey, because that Yud is still too small. It's too condensed to be able to be communicated to the recipient. And that's why it's called Ayin. Ayin from two perspectives. From the Mashpia's perspective, from the giver's perspective, it's called Ayin. Why? Because it's nothing relative to all of the light that was there before. Everything had to be condensed. And from the recipient's perspective, it's called ayin because it's still too abstract. It's still a nekuda. That yud won't do anything for the makabal. So yud, this is, as we'll see, this is the beginning of the next point. How the yud and the hey vav hey represent four steps in communication. From the creator to creation. And from every mashpia to every makabal, every teacher, every parent, every mentor, every guide, wherever I'm giving and you're receiving, there's four stages of yud, hey, vav, hey. And the first stage is yud, and yud is, takes a lot, because yud basically means I have to really be able to understand your world, your perspective. If I'm just giving you my world, I'm not giving you. I have to be able to tune in to what you could be makabal, and for this I sometimes have to shrink all my wisdom into a yud. Only a yud is left. Because if it's about self-expression, it's never about the other person. So I have to be able to have the courage to create what's called tzimtzum, to really shrink and condense my infinite light. Hashem, Hashem does this, His infinite light, into a yud. 
Now that Yud is still not going to do anything. That Yud now has to become a He. <clears throat> so now let's go, let's, let's see a little further here. I'm going to read this a little fast. It's a very, it's a deep chapter, but I want to get to the Nekuda. I'm going to, if you don't understand every word, it's fine. It's just, uh, I want to get to the point here. In the revelation of the Nekuda of a Yud, there's two elements. Ha'alef k'mayshi b'b'chines tzimtzum v'helem ba'atzmei adayin. Shumashalayucha lovei b'ispashtus ha'asaga la'edich v'reichev k'fi atzadich l'mekablim. The beginning is the Yud, the way it's still concealed relative to the recipient. It's a tiny Nekuda, and it can't yet, it's not yet available to be expanded and therefore received by the recipient. It's like a Nekuda. Hamavrik Mavrik is like a lightning, like an epiphany, like a light bulb goes in your brain. And there's just a point, but there's no tfisa yet in Isis. It's not yet defined by letters and sentences and paragraphs and words that it could be communicated and explained in length and in breadth. We grab things through Isis. Isis are the kalim. They're the instruments through which we could communicate. They're the packaging. Here it's just an ikuda, it's an epiphany. So that's why it's a yud. The yuvin zemimashenida b'chush, to illustrate this is, you see it practically, somebody who's a real balseichel, a genius, an intellectual. There's people, I don't know if you ever met such, there's people that they're so creative, he says it's literally like there's a flow that doesn't stop. They're constantly inventing things, constantly new ideas. Hamtsos. Hamtsos means like a, hamtsos, like a, a, a new, new idea. Sichlim chadoshim v'amukim b'yoyseh. You have brains that they're constantly, if you speak to them, they're always, there's, there's, there's this current, there's this flow, there's this mayan, it's like a, a, a waterfall of a new idea, and another idea, another idea. And they create thousands and thousands of companies in their brains. Right? Thousands of patents. They're, they're very, very creative. If you ask him to explain, he can't. Reveal it, explain it. Why? Why not? Not because he's fooling himself. In his own mind, there's a revelation. There's, there's something very real there. But it never settled into the kalim of his mayach. It never really comes in a hisyashvus into the vessels of his brain. It's merachif. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like a, a shooting star. You know, Halley's Comet. It hovers over him. It's like barakamav, like a lightning. It's pitch dark in the desert, and there's a thunderstorm, and there's a lightning, and suddenly, for a split second, there's such brightness. The problem is, it's gone a moment later. Bin haya bin layla. Bin haya bin, haya bin layla avad. It was here, and then it's gone. It never finds a keli where it really settles and is internalized. We know it also with inspiration. It's like a fleeting moment. It's a fleeting isgalus. It doesn't become mugbal, defined, mitsuyer, sculptured, formed, in a tzir, in a form that contains it, that captures it. 
For him, he said, oh, I know, for him it's enough. Why is it enough? Because he gets it. In his own terms, he gets it. For him, it's called a gilui. But for somebody else, it's complete halim, complete concealment. Nobody else can, can, can relate to it. It didn't reach a place of his yashvas, a place of tfisa. Just like in your own brain. We often talk about chachma and bina. We're going to explain chachma. It's an akuda. You have an epiphany. But if somebody says, can you write it down? I can't write it. Can you say? I can't. I got it. What did you get? I don't know. <laughs> You're not lying. It's just it did not develop yet. did not develop into something that has a kiyum. The mushal that's given for this is a child. You have the seed of life, you have the egg. But in order for the embryo and the fetus to develop, it needs nine months. And after nine months, the mother can give birth to it. But sometimes you have, unfortunately, something we call miscarriage. What's a miscarriage? A miscarriage means that the system ejects this fetus, right? And instead of a child, blood comes out. Why? It wasn't viable. Whatever was something was missing, that it didn't, it's not something viable. It's not something that's sustainable. So you have that spiritually as well. And you have it with Seichel as well. So even in the world of Chachma, we're talking still the world of Yud. Yud is Chachma, He is Bina. So He is where it gets developed. But even in the world of Chachma itself, he says, there's the Yud, the way it's an Akuda, and it's not even defined as an idea even in Chachma. There's a parenthesis here, we explains it more by Rechus, but I want to go after the parenthesis. The parenthesis goes for like, uh, I don't know, for like 10 lines, till the middle of Reish Mem Hey, the line starts with He's just explaining what he means, and he says, There's the way that the idea has a tzir sichli, a tzir sichli means, it has a tzir, as a form of an idea that the Mechabal, the recipient, has the ability to be a Teufus. It's Lefi Erech, it, it's relatable to his world. But then there's a Neviyah, there's like a flow, like a, a current of electricity, and it's not relatable. For the genius himself, it's fine, but he's on to the next thing. He doesn't have the patience or the skills to even let it settle. In Chachma itself, this is called the ayin part of Chachma. The no-thingness even of Chachma. It didn't even take root in the brain of Chachma. The part of the brain that's associated with creativity and new ideas. It's still like a light without a vessel. Then you have Then you have the second part of Yud. And that is this Anakuda. It's not Ayin, it's already an Akuda, it's a point, it's still not Bina. True, relative to Bina, which is development, it's still called Ayin. But still. It's called Gilui. Because there's potential for it to come into Bina. 
It's like you have an idea and you know if you work on it, you could develop it. It's, it, it's going to stay with you. It's not just a lightning. It's here and it's gone. It's over. There's nothing to hold on. There's something, even though it's not Bina yet. It's already relatable to Bina. You're going to be able to work with it. The Yud will be able to become a hay. With the first point, it's an akuda. It's so abstract. It's not yet a metzias. You can't call it a reality, an identity. Not because it doesn't exist, but its existence is is, is too abstract. It's too transcendent. In Tehillim it says, "Your thoughts are truly deep." The machshava is pchinas chachma. Which means, where do we get new ideas from? You have a new idea. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? It also comes from you. But it comes from the, what's called your subconscious. In Chesidus it's called Koyach HaMaskel. The Koyach that produces the seichel. So that first point, it's still hovering between the subconscious and the conscious. That's where it's called the ayin of Chachma. It already left the Koyach HaMaskel, but it didn't yet assume consciousness is a whole different reality. For something to be conscious, it has to go through a tremendous tzimtzum. It has to have oisius. Pre-verbal awareness is of a different reality completely. That's Koyach HaMaskel. And for it to flow from Koyach HaMaskel into Seichel, he says, there's two stages. One is the way Chachma is in a state of Ayin. It's also called the Keser aspect of Chachma, the Ayin of Chachma. And then there's the way Chachma already comes into a Tzir, where it's an epiphany, it's an idea. It's still not concrete, it's still not elaborate, it's still not something you can explain. For that, you're going to need Bina. But at least it assumes some form of, some form of Islapshus. So he says, When we speak about these two points in the Yud, is, there's a Nekuda that doesn't even have a picture. Even a Yud, a Yud is very small. That's true. It's small. But it's, it's, it's a picture. You could see it. It's a Tzir. There's an akuda that's so seminal, it's so small, you don't even have a shape for it. We can't describe it because the moment you make a shape, it already has its seer. But a real nakuda is, the yud represents essentially something, it's the smallest nakuda, and the smallest nakuda is really a nakuda that doesn't occupy space. We just can't draw it, so we make a yud. So he says, that's the first Indian. The first Indian is, a nekudah doesn't have a tzir, because it's completely helim. There's no ispashtos. There's no extension. And then you have madrega habeiz, then you have the second level of the yud, the way it comes into the form of a yud. There's some expansion. There's a A yud has a point on the top, a point on the bottom, some space. It's not spaceless. 
The first element that we're discussing of Chachma really doesn't have a space. We call it Yud because we don't have any smaller Nekudah, so we call it Yud, but really it doesn't even have a Nekudah. The second level already has a Nekudah, it has some dimensions. It's not a hey, but it has something. The Reichav of the Yud, the, the, the breath of the Yud, represents that which is revealed in the vessels of your brain. It could be developed into comprehension. It's like an embryo. It's like an embryo that can be developed over nine months. The lower, you see a Yud has three parts, right? There's the body of the Yud. There's the kites, The little line, the little thorn that goes up. And the kites that goes down. If you take a look at any Yud, right, you see it in the Sefer Torah. Or even if you look here in this Yud. Right? There's a little, little line going up, a little line going down, and then there's the Yud itself, the body of the Yud. So he says, The is that the Yud is gravitating to go to Bina. In other words, I'm going to allow myself to go into a place of Bina, to go into a place of explanation which is really opposite of Chachma, because Chachma by definition is ayin, it's no-thingness, it's concealment. As we said, the ayin of Chachma, the keser of Chachma, is complete concealment. And even when Chachma is behispashtus, it's expected, it's still a seminal point. Even when Chachma is in its full grandeur, it's called Ayin, nothing, no thingness relative to Bina. And it's not defined and limited like Bina. It's called water that flows in many different directions. It's not congealed. When you make the water into ice, that's like Bina. The water now has a fix, but when the water is flowing... You could bring it into a cup and freeze it and it becomes a seer of a cup. You could put it into a bowl. You can turn it. It's like melted, like, like, like when, when it's melted, you take metal or glass, you melt it in the fire and you could reshape it in many ways. That's chachma. It's more ayin. And then bin is when it's congealed. So chachma legabe bin is still called ayin because it doesn't have that tangibility. So bin is the opposite. This is the main difference between Yud and He, Chachma and Bina. Chachma is called over Beklolis Dafka or Behedris Pashtus. Chachma grasps everything Dafka in the most general way without his Pashtus, without expansion and extensiveness and details. The Koyachabina, who Litvis called over Bechinus Pashtus, Bidibi Pratim Dafka. Bin is the opposite. It wants more details, it wants more nuances, it wants more examples, it wants more manifestations. Chachma wants it to be as abstract as possible. It wants the nekudah, the core. And Bina is about development. Two opposites. So the koitzatachten, the lower, the lower line on the bottom of the yud, that's the gravitation to Bina. It says in Sefi Yitzida, one of the earliest Kabbalistic works, Interesting expression. I want you to understand Chachma 
And I want you to have Chachma in Bina. Hovin B'Chachma. You should have Havana, understanding in Chachma. V'Chachem. You should have Chachma in Bina. Chachem B'Chachma V'Havin B'Bina. If the Savior Yitzhida wants to tell you, have Chachma and have Bina, say Chachem in Chachma and Havin B'Bina. Ela Shazel, when you're not scalable, is the Chachma B'Bina. Sheyesh P'chines HaBina B'Chachma V'Zel, Havin B'Chachma. Sheyesh P'chines HaChachma V'Bina, Shazel V'Chachem B'Bina. Savior Yitzhida is not trying to tell you you should have Chachma and Bina. He's talking about the integration of the two. Havein b'chachma. You need to learn about bina in chachma. Vachachem b'bina, you need to learn about chachma in bina. What does this mean? So this is what he explains now. Let's see this practice. To understand this, chachma and bina have two distinct sources. They're not even dependent on each other. Even though they're connected. Chachma brings to Bina. And you can't have Bina without Chachma. There's no river without a well. You need to go back. The river gets its water from the spring. Bina comes from Chachma. Every well, every spring will turn into, morph into a broad river. So Chachma brings to Bina, and Bina comes from Chachma. Every Nekuda of Chachma, like the well, morphs into a river, and every river comes from a well. Every Bina comes from Chachma. It's because the system is that they connect. They become integrated. Really, don't mix them up. Everyone has its own mucker, its own unique identity, even though they connect afterwards. Again, like a husband and a wife, they didn't grow up in the same family. They each have their own parents. Later, they could connect, and you want them to connect. But don't mix them up. Everyone has its own mucker, its own source. Ah? Right, that's what he's saying. Oh, so let's see. We see this practically. Very interesting. He's going to describe two types of people. You have people. He's a gewaldik he has tremendous new ideas. A Balamtsar means like an inventor. Huh? An inventor. Always new ideas, new concepts, new reality, a new way of looking at it. Kvaldik. But to say as a fashtet, he really comprehends it and it's settled in his brain. No. You see not. And you see when he starts explaining, nobody knows what he's talking about. It's a chush. It's a, he has a chush in chachma. Very creative mind, but doesn't have the ability to integrate, to internalize. V'yesht is opposite. Hubala saga, hainu lahasag sadover hetev, bidhubi apratim and musyashev hetev beklay sikhlai, ve'einay bala avon alamtsi sehel chadash ramsar chadosha, ki imeven umasag besechel shekvar nimtza, hainu mashashama mizulosai, oi matzakosa besefer, avon be'atzmai einay yachel amtsi askala chadosha. You have another person. You give him an idea, pss, 
He develops it kaftiv afedach. Nobody like him. But he can never come up with it. If you leave it to him to come up with that, it's going to be a disaster. Vidgarner <laughs> Zagan. He finds something in a sefer, or he hears from somebody, he just hears three words. He doesn't have to hear more. But he has that ability, yeah, explanation. It like becomes settled, he can illustrate it, he integrates it. It's a different chush. It's a mamash, a different chush. The first person has a chush in creativity. He can create something new. The second person, I can't do anything new. <laughs> if you give me something, I'll package it like nobody else. The publicist, PR man, intellectually. <laughs> and the second person feels like an imposter. <laughs> you know what an imposter is? You know what about the imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome means, you have this a lot of times with public speakers. They feel like they're ganovim, they're thieves, because it's not—it's not really my material. What is it from? It's coming from this, right? You have a person throughout history, ah, mitchaze, mitchaze. But what's the idea? The truth is, but here he's telling you—you you don't. Have to, it's two separate in yomim. This one has a chush and chachma. This one has a chush and binitz. Different parts of the brain. Somebody has, there's a genius. The genius is an Indian of Chachma. It's like these, 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 you had philosophers or, or, or thinkers in the world of Yiddish Kairosa, the world of Halacha, the world of Lamdas. You sat with them and every moment there was something new. But they didn't know how to bring it out and therefore sometimes they don't get the publicity. And then you have the second guy, Altsas Gigamvet. <laughs> Now, here he's not saying it as an insult, because we're talking in an honest way. He needs to hear an akuda. But once he hears an akuda, he just knows how to bring it out in himself. He knows how to develop it. He knows how to turn it into a, a hefza. What does this mean? It means it's two separate kaiches in the nefesh. It's two separate kaiches. And you could see it. You could see it constantly. Yeah. We see also sometimes, in most cases, Chachma is going to reach Bina. You have it, he says, you see also a person has an idea. He doesn't know how to explain it. So you say, maybe back off. I can't back off. I see it. But I, I can't bring it out. What should I tell you? He doesn't have the ability. The Chachma doesn't give birth to Bina. And he says something amazing. We learned this Gemara, if you remember, a few years ago when we learned Masechus Beitza. A chick that's born on Yomtev. Rav prohibited it. What's the difference between this and a calf that's born from a trefa? Shosek Rav. Rav was quiet. No, you would think if he was quiet, he would say, sorry, you're right. He did not back off from his position. 
Why? Mitzat Kiyuv Chachmasid Eflech Shnel Beyamtiv Aser Eloshle Matzla Zatam Basaga Debina. Shasek Ravi was quiet, but he didn't change his position. Why? So the Rebbe Rashab explains because he knew he's right. <laughs> But he didn't know how he's right. It's a fascinating thing. He couldn't explain it. Huh? Yeah. He, it doesn't mean he knew he's right because he was an action. That's not what we're talking about. Chas v'shalom. Then it's dumb. Uh, we're not talking about that because I'm an action. Because I'm afraid to say. By the Tanoim and Amirayim, that didn't exist. If not, they wouldn't be Tanoim and Amirayim. They'd be charlatans. The Yisoyed was Emes. But sometimes as an Akuda, you could see it. Right? Somebody says, it's not true. I saw it. It can't be. <laughs> you say, I met this guy last night. You didn't. He's in Australia. I saw him. You're a fantasizer. You know that you're not. You saw him. Maybe one day you'll find out how you're not. So this is just a marshal. He saw it, but there was no binna. No, shasak means that he was quiet and he, he, he just didn't answer, but he didn't, he didn't back off. And the interesting thing is that most of the poiskim and this machlaikas Paskin like Rav. They paskin like Rav. If you look in the footnote, not that we know. Look in the Ha'ara. Ein sham roiv ha'poyskin paskin k'rav. Urei sham ran rosh ha'saga sarai v'da l'arazo. Razo b'sukha z'ayin alef. Sefer kan fayyene l'ramo. Yoyinus ilim kuntus shivri luchas. Upligi ha'toys v'zdibur ha'maska l'moida. Most of the poiskim hold that Rav did not back off. And they paskin like Rav. They accept Rav. And the answer is, it's not a stira. It's two separate koiches. A person has a skill in dancing, doesn't mean he has a skill in writing. A person is athletic, right? In one thing, doesn't mean he's athletic. It's a different skill. You know, when people write a book, so they think they're experts on every every area in the, under the sun. They interview the guy who wrote a book. He wrote a book about anthropology. He wrote a book about elephants. And suddenly he's an expert on everything in the world. It's, it's two separate in Yonah. There's Chachma, there's Bina. Sheyesh lekol echad mokr meyuchad b'fneatzma. De Chachma sharsha mimazel noitzer. Ubina mimazel venake. In the Yud Gimel Midas, you have noitzer chesed la'alofim. Noise avoin vafesha vechatov venake. That's Kesser. The Yud Gilmer, this is Kesser. So it says in Kabbalah, Chachma comes from Venoitzer. Bina comes from Nake Shem. Beis Mekoyde Meyuchad. Ube'emesem Hafchim Zamezah. It's not just, it's two distinct sources. It's opposites. Why? Noitzer Huloshen Shmira. The word Noitzer, yeah? Noitzer Ta'ena. Noitzer means you guard. Noitzer Ta'ena Yechel Perya. The puzzles. Whoever guards the fig tree eats the fruits. Noitzer is to guard. Why? When you guard something, what do you want to do? You want, nobody should have access to it, and it shouldn't leave, yeah? You guard a chicken, you guard a dog, you guard a treasure. What are you doing? You're creating a boundary, you're not letting anybody have access to it, and you're not letting it go out. So what is that spiritually? Chachma says, I don't want his pashtas. Ayin. He wants, he wants it to remain completely in its source, in its most deepest, abstract, transcendent nekuda, less oisi is the better. Because once you go into ispashtas, you're missing the core. You'll always see an interesting thing. That when you have an epiphany, an idea, 
it's unbelievably clear. The problem is you can't remember it. And later, when you reconstruct it, you never have the clarity that you had by Chachma. Why? Because Bin is Oisius. Chachma is Oir. And the Oir is always the truth. The problem is, Oir is not tangible. You need a Kali. Bin is Oisius. So in terms of explanation, Bin is much better. But in terms of the MS, the purity, Chachma is always better. And you'll always think... You know, when that popped into my brain, I got it, I got it. We, we, why can't you? You can't get that back. You can't reclaim it. Because you didn't get it. It got you. You didn't get it. It got you. Chachmah's ayin, noitzer. Umazel v'nake, hu inyin v'aysa chesed. Noitzer chesed la'alafim. Noitzer oven v'eshu v'atav v'nake, shubchina sa'asiyah v'ayispashtos, lasa yispchina siyashtavke. It's action, it's ispashtus, it's yesh. Vizel, we need amshachas beza madregas, chachma binashin mshachim amazalas de noitze venake, chachma is amshachas pchinas ayin obitl. What's chachma? Chachma is accessing ayin, vahainu lasos mi yesh la ayin. Chachma's inyan is to take yesh and bring it back to ayin. To take the tangible and bring it back to the intangible. To take somethingness and bring it back to no thingness. Chachma is bittel. Chachma is discovering the core of everything in no thingness. And that's why Chachma allows to have a new idea. What allows you to have a new idea? Always going out of the box, thinking out of the box. The box is yesh. New ideas always come from ayin. Right? I think Einstein once said, if you try to solve a dilemma from the same place where you experience the dilemma, you'll never be able to solve it. Because you're in that same place. Chachma opens you up to a place of ma. I don't know anything. Because I don't know anything, I could know a lot of new things. The place where I know nothing, I could know everything. Right? Because there's no thing. So the union of Chachma is to take yesh and turn it into ayin. Like everything in the world, the zelomazah, the zelomazah. But in its nekuda, chachma is bittel. Chachma is always bittel. V'zel sheirak b'pchinas nekuda achas shu inyan hadinais pashtos. And that's why chachma will always be one nekuda. It's never going to be wordy because it's always defying his pashtos. The less his pashtos, the less expansiveness, the better. Upayil pchinas habittel bechol davar. Chachma. Affects bittel and everything, the humility, the transcendence. The Gemara says in Tamid, who's a chacham? The one who sees the future. One second. Haroyas hanoilad means the one who sees what's being born. What's being born now. It doesn't mean, it should have said haroya es sheyivoled, not haroyas hanoilad. So he types his head avart, sheroya bechol davar echsho noilad mi'ayin. Now, we he sees what's going to be born. He says, no, he looks at everything, how it's being born from ayin. He never gets stuck in the yesh. I always go back. Where did this come from? I want to bring back the yesh, back to that. I want to bring you back to your mother. I want to bring you back to your father. I want to bring you back to your subconscious. I want to see how this was born. How this developed. Ooh. 
That's a very serious process that's going away, more, going more, stripping away the layers of yesh. The more tangible, the more distance from Chachma. So on one hand, we all want Bina because it's tangible, it's concrete. But Chachma is the bitl. It's bringing the yesh back to the ayin, to the mokr, to the nekuda. The Rekachavah in his Torah always tries to do this in every sugi and Gemara. To strip every machloikas from its concrete layer and bring out what's the nekuda? What's the nekuda? The nekuda is always very abstract. It could be a machloikas about muktzah. Could be a machloikas about taking interest. Could be a machloikas about uh, uh, could be a machloikas about uh, an ox goring a cow. Yeah, and the Malbarshar said they're arguing Tanakama, Reb Meir, are arguing about Chaimer or Tzura. Well, who's talking about Chaimer or Tzura? They're about an ox gored a donkey. The pshat is every machloikas has a nakuda. It comes out in a. It's incarnated in a concrete issue. That's the bina of it. But there's a core, there's a core nekuda, you can trace it back to that nekuda. And over here, by the way, it could be connected with another hundred machlaikas in Shas. That's the concept of Lishitose. So it's always stripping the yesh and going back to the ayin. I want to see the process of birth. Even in mathematics. Chachm is always bitl, because every new idea comes from bitl. Huh? No, like EMC square is... EMC square, it took a lot of bitl. Einstein had a chush and chachma, yeah? But what is it? Yeah? Einstein once, you know, Einstein was very delayed in his verbal abilities. In school they said he's abyssal uh, slow, nothing is going to come of him. Huh? Dyslexic and a lot of other things. They, they wrote him off in school. And I once read that he once, read, he once said to somebody, he said, that allowed me, he said, very, something very profound. He says, you know the questions that your kids ask you when you're, they're very little? Every child. Yeah, I remember I was once walking with one of my sons, to Shalib, was a little boy, and he asked me, why is the sky blue? Who knows? I didn't know. He said, why is all the grass always green? Good questions, right? Why is the ocean blue? Why? Why is this? And then he wanted to know why the concrete is always gray or black. Why? Yeah, what makes it? Yeah. All these questions... At some point, you stop asking them why. Why? You don't get answers, or you get busier with more important things, right? Like tablets and computers and smartphones. You get busy. You let Google answer the questions. Einstein said, because I was so delayed, I got to think like a child for many more years than most people. And I continued wondering about how everything works. How does light work? How th- you understand? I got to be a child for many more years. <laughs> That's Bittel. All Chachma comes from Bittel. Even in mathematics, and medicine, biology, any field, engineering, physics, science. Because every epiphany comes transcending what I know now and opening myself up in the most curious way to a new idea that I have no understanding of. And then you become a vessel for Ayin. Because every epiphany comes from ayin, it comes from the subconscious, from, from the nakuda of bitl, always. Sometimes it takes a lifetime. Ezo chachem, haroya es you're looking for the process of birth. You don't take things for granted the way they are. I go back to the source. Es that's how he teaches it. We'll just go another few moments. 
That's why Chacham is called Re'iyah. Ezel Chacham Arayas Nel Chedoya Bechol Dover Ech Shnoel Admayin. Vaydezen Nimshech Pchinas Abitul. Ubederech Klal, Hu Pchinas Re'iyas Hamohus, Re'iyas Etzem Adover. Vayday Re'iyas Ha'etzem, Nasa Pchinas Abitul B'Metziyas Navke Kamayarayas Hamalach. Generally, Chacham is associated with seeing, and Bin is associated with hearing. And the difference between hearing and seeing is, when you see something, you see its core, at least relative to hearing. And that mesmerizes you. Hearing is a process where the ego is much more intact. He's going to explain. I'll give you an example. I remember I once went to visit the Grand Canyon. Yeah, you, you lose yourself. So I, I went once with my wife, we were in Arizona, so I went to visit the Grand Canyon. So I read up a little bit about it. So I thought I know exactly what it is. And then I remember I came and I saw it. And I, was like, I still remember like for 30 seconds, I was just like, uh, I was glued. Why? I, I knew all the information. Knowing the information is on your terms. Ri'iya gives you access to the transcendence of it, to the muhus of it. And it creates a bitl. That's what it says, in the ancient cultures, there were kings. You can hear all about the king. You read the king's biography, and then you see him. And there's like a bitl. You lose yourself in the process. Shmi is different, because Shmi is, I'm hearing it. Also, the E is always a klal. You see. You look at a beautiful building, you see it in a second. You look at a piece of art, you see it in a moment. Then you analyze it. Shmi, you start with details. You hear one detail. Somebody describes to you a picture, a piece of art. A building, a structure, right? They can't describe it all. It doesn't work that way. Detail after detail after detail. And then you put it all together. With Re'i, it's the opposite. You come in, you see it all. And then you focus on the details. That's the difference of Chachma and Bina. So Chachma is Re'iya, and Bina is Shmiya. V'zeh gam b'nekudas ha'askala de Chachma, gam k'may shabab b'chines seichel gluya de Chachma re'elam ayla b'chines Shmiya. Shenida v'nigla b'chines ha'mohos. So even the way Chachma comes into a Nekudah, you remember the second level of Yud. It's still completely different than Bina. So Neutzer is the Shmira. I want to stay close to the Ayin. And that's why Chachma doesn't like Isis. It stays away from Isis. Bina wants Yeshes. Bina wants... Bring it down. Give me oisius. That's what we like. Right? Which shiurim does the oilam like better? You know what I mean? Yeshus. Why? I want to relate to it. Achilis. I'm going to go home. I'm stressed. Give me some good advice. Because I'm looking for the yeshus of it. I'm not looking for the bitl of it. Chachma. I'm looking for the bitl of it. The ayin of it. It's a different Indian. Bina faket. I try to make yeshes out of everything. Everything I want to bring down, make it tangible, make it concrete. As they say in English, what's in it for me? That's not a question of Chachma. That's a question of Bina. Chachma never asks what's in it for me. If you're asking what's in it for me, you're not asking anything. Chachma is, 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 is looking for the emes, the, the deeper emes. And Bina is, is his pashtas. Which one is more important? It's not more important. It's, it's a different Indian. It's a different source. 
There's different personalities, there's different brains, there's different dimensions. And that's why Bin is always a lot of details. And it's long, and it's broad, it's developed. And the Eira Seichel is grasped, it's murgish, it's felt. In Chachma, the less it's felt, the better it is. The more subconscious. Don't knock Bin, it has a big mile. It's always more internalized. Bina, it affects me because it, it, because of its yeshes, because it's a yesh, I can grab it, I can own it. Chachma, you never own, it owns you. Bina, I own it, it's pnimi, it goes into me. I define it, you understand? The chesorim of Bina is the mile of Bina. When you talk about Alakus godliness, the life of it and the pleasure of it, the way it's grasped, is revealed and it's felt in a very personal and internalized way. remains nebulous, it remains dak, dak minadak. You know what dak means? Very fine, very refined, it's very hafshotah. Very abstract. So what's the result here? It's two opposite realities. In Elikus. You have people who are brilliant in Chachma. They lack Bina. You have people who are brilliant in Bina. They lack Chachma. You have Rav, who has a Gavaldic idea, but he can't articulate it in Bina. Shasak Rav, he's quiet. I, we said, Bina comes from Chachma, and Chachma brings to Bina. That's true. The well becomes the river, and the river comes from the well. But they're not one thing. It's two separate Nekudas. Hashem made, though, that the brain, they get wired. The brain gets wired. Meaning, when we develop our brain neurons, all the wires connect the different parts of the brain. So Chachma and Bina become connected. So that's why majority of cases, when you have an idea, when you have an epiphany, if you work on it, you could develop it. And when you have a developed idea, it usually comes from a Nekuda, from a Chachma. But not because it's the same thing, it's just different stages. It's two different sources, but they become integrated. So based on this, we can understand what it says in Sefer Yitzirah. As I'll explain in the next chapter, and we're going to continue tomorrow morning, 7.45 a.m. Have a wonderful day. And tomorrow, also 9.30 a.m. is a class for women. If you could please tell your wives or daughters. Everybody have a hatzloch and a a beautiful day, both in Chachma and in Bina. Ezo Chachma Arayas Hanoilet. Lasses Miesh Ayan. You had different G'dayli Yisrael in history. There were those who had a chush in Chachma. They could take an idea and make it so mufshit until nobody... Until you can't touch it anymore. And then there was those the opposite. The Rakachover and Rebchayim Brisker is a good example. Rebchayim Brisker had a tremendous chush. 
in, in, in giving people a tfisa of something. It's called halbosha. Rakachav had a gewaldige chush in hafshata. Hafshata means you strip it from the levushim. Another levush. No, strip it more, strip it more. What are you left with? Ayin. Nebchayim had the opposite chush. He took an idea and he knew how to bring it out. Be it malbish, dress it up. You just have to dress it up. Dress it up, somebody comes out dressed, we could relate to If somebody comes out without clothes, I can't look at you. In Ruchnius it means, you dress it up, you have levushim, oisius. It's tfis, it's grasped. Right? It's bringing out the yeshes of it. It's two different nekudas. Ayin and yen. Shasakrav. No, no, it's a few places you have it in Gemara. Usually the Chachma came to Bina. But it was such a nekuda that Rav was typhus. He sought. His brain sought. He but he, it, 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 for, for whatever reason, it was something. They asked him a Gavaldika question. Logically, they were right. But he didn't regret his position. Usually in Gemara, if an Amaira disproves another Amaira, yeah? He's Maida. He's Maida. You have Maidim Chachamim Lerab Meir. Yeah? Or the Gemara will say Kashi, the Gemara will say Tiyufta. Sorry, you refuted. This is common in Gemara. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Gemara says in a few places, Ravis came to the basement, he says, <laughs> What I said yesterday was a mistake. But here, Rav, Shosek Rav, but most boys can say, He did not, uh, I'm sorry, he didn't regret it. And most boys can pass like him. That's the Kiddush, they pass like him. <laughs> It's Asr. It's Beit Sedavav on the bottom, I think. Amad Aleph. Huh? It's a unique thing. Not always does Chachma bring to bin it. it. It stays sometimes stuck in the Ayin. And he didn't have the Oisius. So if you don't have the Oisius, regret it. Just say you're right. He didn't say they're right. You know, sometimes you say you have a, a gut feeling that this is right. And you're not going to go back on it. Right? You have to... Like, I, I just know this is right. How, how do you know? So sometimes, I'm, taka, I'm a delusional person. So then you need, I need help. I, I, if you start doing that, it could be dangerous. Huh? Yeah. But here, obviously, Rav was a... Rav trusted. He trusted his Chachma. He said, I, I, I see it. Chachma is very much associated with intuition, and Bin is associated more with uh, comprehension, rationalization. Uh, Chachma is uh, very associated with like a, a, an epiphany, a barak, a lightning, and Bin is always connected with, uh, with uh, categorization and organization and structure. It's, it's different, it's different chushim. Right? Some, person, some person knows how to be encyclopedic, how to create organization, structure. He's very good at that. You have it also in businesses. You have people, you tell them what to do, they know how to organize structure, but to come up with an idea, oy va voy, don't give that over to them. And you have other people that have ideas, gewaldic, but nothing is going to come of it. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.